0: Hello and welcome to the Musty Creative Podcast. I am your host, Jesus, and I am joined by myself. (laughs) Me, myself, and I. Thank you for joining us today, even though it's musting here because we've been working too hard. If this is your first time listening to us, we are the Musty Collective, and we motivate ourselves to become better storytellers. Today we are going to get into the world building by exploring an old cartoon show that I dearly love and its evolution in a famous modern Disney film. Let's start the show. Before we get into this, I just want to let you know, my musty collective, that this is a fun solo episode with me. Just me, that's right. While Michelle works on a draft of her upcoming film, Illusory, Michelle will be back in next week's episode, so do not fear. Now, let's talk about Tailspin. First of all, what is Tailspin? Well, the intro goes a little like this. Oh 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 yeah tailspin. Oh tailspin. Friends life through thick and thin with another tail to spin. O, e, a, tailspin. O, e, o, tailspin. All the trouble we get in with another tail to spin. Ha ha, yeah, did it? All right. yeah, that's intro. Uh I'm singing it. So hopefully I won't get flagged by Disney. But it's it's a great... Actually, even if you don't want to watch the show, just watch like the intro. It's so much fun. Uh, it's like taking you back to those adventures as a kid. Anyways, I, I used to watch Tailspin when I was a kid, sing the song, and eat the Tailspin fruit snacks all at the same time. I really look back on the show with fond memories, as many 90s kids do. But what was this show all about? Tailspin was an American animated television series... Based in the fictional city of Cape Suzette, it first aired in 1990 as part of the Disney Afternoon, starring anthropomorphic characters from Disney's 1967 animated feature film, The Jungle Book. The name of the show is a play on tailspin, the rapid, commonly fatal descent of an aircraft in a steep spiral, which is... (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot of those in the show. The two words in the show's name, tail and spin, are a way to describe telling a story. See, I really like the wordplay there. That's, that was actually really good word wordplay uh, word because you're telling a tale, not the tale of a bear, but a tale of a story and spinning it, which is what Baloo the bear does in the show many times. The show is one of the nine Disney afternoon shows to use established Disney characters as the main characters. And interesting, though, because also... The legend goes of the nine old men, uh, the famous Disney animators back in the day. Uh, It's interesting that they had nine Disney afternoon shows. But the name of the shows are Darkwing Duck, Duck DuckTales, Chippendale, Rescue Rangers, Goof Troop, Bonkers, Quack Pack, Aladdin, and Timon and Pumbaa. And, of course, Tailspin. So it's very interesting because, you know, obviously you name those shows and so many feelings come To me right now. Good times as a kid in the afternoon watching those shows. And of course, my 90s bros and sisses out there are probably being like, bro, you're bringing back the feels. Why are you doing this to me right now? But in 2020, we need the good feels. We need the positivity. Tailspins Cape Suzette is a gorgeous harbor city where Baloo the bear works for Miss Rebecca Cunningham at Hire for Hire air delivery service the other major characters that are included in this show are number one blue the bear of course can't have tailspin without blue number two miss rebecca cunningham she is also a bear and blue's boss they kind of give hints that there could be some romantic inclinations between their relationship but most of the time they spend it arguing with each other molly the bear is uh miss rebecca cunningham's little baby bear cub i guess you could say that kit cloud kicker is an orphan bear that it becomes Baloo's, uh partner and navigator louis is Baloo's best friend who is an ape and is also the same louis from king louis in the jungle book even though the voice actor is different don carnage don carnage <laughs> is uh, one of the major villains he's a pirate And I believe his accent is French. But if you're French and you're upset by what I just said, let me know. And then you got to finish off with also Shere Khan, who's kind of like an anti-hero, kind of like a Lex Luthor in the universe there. And then Wildcat, who is their mechanic who can fix anything pretty much, but is as dumb as a nickel. Literally, as dumb as a nickel. All right. (laughs) So that's the foundation for the show. And... The reason why we're talking about it again is, just to to make sure to clarify, is we want to discuss the topic of world building. World building is a process of creating a fictional world within your story that your characters live in, and it is a great, great tool for a storyteller to use, and one of my favorite things about storytelling. Tailspin, even as a kid's show, does an amazing job with this by answering questions like one, place and time that your story happens number two rules of the society and the punishments for breaking those rules for your story number three who has the power number four how do they communicate and number five how do they transport themselves i love going back to something like star wars you can easily if you watch uh, like maybe one or two movies you can easily start to answer these questions and it helps to Immerse you into the story more because now you feel like the characters are moving in a real world So where do I get these questions from? There's an amazing video uh, on the TED ed YouTube channel. It's called uh, Answer world building questions. It's a TED talk uh, And I'm sorry. It's called how to build a fictional world by Kate Mesner. Check out the video so for tailspin and this this whole cartoon series is about 65 episodes um on disney plus you can watch and it's just it counts as one season but to be honest they just re-ran the episodes multiple years over um until they just you know completely stopped doing that so place and time this world is not Earth. Intel as we know it, but it is a, like a type of Earth, a parallel where animals from our world, like, you know, apes and, and monkeys and different types of birds and bears and tigers and lions, you know, they live, and they work and they play. And the time's about probably about 20 years after their version, their version of World War One, based on episode 63, Bygones, which features a pilot from the Great War. And Blue mentions that the Great War ended 20 years ago which would place tailspin in our timeline about the year 1939 since the Treaty of Versailles, which officially ended World War One, was signed in 1919. So that's how you would understand the place and the time. Where does your story begin? What are the major events that have affected the timeline prior to beginning your story to help give us some context to what the people are thinking about? Since we're 20 years removed from the Great War, there should be a time of peace and tranquility, and hopefully not a time where people are still struggling to make men's eat make, make men's meat after the war has ended. But let's get into rules of society and punishments. Tailspin is a world with many different nations and continents which span several landscapes like the Arctic, desert sands, and huge mountain ranges. Since the show features a main protagonist who flies a plane, it really makes sense, doesn't it, to have a really fleshed out planet. And that's what the writers and the story editors editors of Tailspin did exceptionally well. These nations have many names, and honestly, I can't go over them all because some of the names sound really ridiculous. It is still a kid's show. I want to like focus on two main areas. There's the city-state, Cape Suzette, which seems to only have a mayor as like the ultimate leader of cape suzette and then there's a country of zembria or thembria i think it's really pronounced but i I say zembria (laughs) anyways and it has like they has these two areas these two nations these two countries or societies kind of butt heads uh cape suzette is a port city and it has a very similar lifestyle to america versus the country of zembria which is most likely based on joseph stalin's russia Featuring uh, and Zembriar features like a dictator leader who enforces strict rules and punishments on his people for very minor infractions. Whereas Cape Suzette has a mayor who I assume was elected and you know, most likely a free capitalist market. Baloo, for instance, loses his pilot's license and has to take the test in episode 18 on a wing and a bear, which shows Cape Suzette has rules which can be violated and for instance in another episode episode 42 rule and unusual punishment blue accidentally wanders into a zembria concentration camp and befriends a fellow prisoner who was put into prison for being a quote-unquote free thinker but he was actually kind of crazy but the point is is that the way that they treat their prisoners and the way they go about doing things and the infractions that you could get in trouble for like you could get in trouble in Zambria for like you know sneezing or saying that you believe the sky is is gray when the dictator said that the sky was blue like there's so many things you can get in trouble for in Zambria and it really pushed that narrative and again helps you to believe that this place this world this universe is real The government's in the world and who has power and who doesn't. So obviously here, it's kind of like our world. The rich have the power and the elite leaders like dictators and nobility have the most power. Those who don't have power, which is another interesting play, are people like Miss Rebecca Cunningham, Baloo, the bear and Wildcat, where they're business owners or employees of business owners who don't have a lot of money. And they're just kind of like, you know, scrambling on by to make ends meet and see if they can get a piece of the pie. And so that also makes them very relatable. We know that they're poor because the clothes they wear, the house they live in, where, you know, where they are in the location of the city. In, you know, um, and those are good questions to frame your, uh, your characters without having to say we're poor. You can already tell by their lifestyle. A couple other questions here. What do people believe in and what do they value most? There are religious cults and myths and legends in this world, but there doesn't seem to be a major world religion or religions. This is probably the one point of the world building where they're maybe the weakest at. And it could have turned into something very interesting. For instance, one world-building storyline that does do a good job with religion, I think, is Star Wars. Going back to Star Wars again, where you have the Sith and the Jedi and the opposition of these fractions, these religions, who believe in the same kind of thing as far as the Force is concerned, but their interpretations are much different. Very much like the fractionalized modern protestant christian churches very fractionalized but even though they kind of believe in the same person jesus christ it's the same kind of thing so this is where it most likely is kind of like the, the weakest that i see in the world building of tailspin but it's okay because it is technically a kids show and you don't want to push too much religious stuff but again that's just how i'm thinking about it from that perspective here another thing that i want to highlight here is the last two that we'll go over or how do they communicate and how do they transport themselves? This is very easy. You don't have to explain much. Uh, the show shows them using a lot of radio communication. There's no email. There's no cell phones. There's no internet. There's no, like, apps or anything like that. So this is how they communicate, really through the radio and telephones that are, like, you know, phones with, like, a wire in them. There's no wireless anywhere that, you know, I saw. And then how do they transport themselves? Well, yeah, it's a show about planes. So it's planes, 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 boats and cars, but mainly a lot, a lot of plane, a lot, of a lot of air travel. So that's kind of the rundown. If you wanted to create your own story and build your own world to support your characters in, then I think it's best to take this approach. Just list the questions down, answer those questions with your own like unique take on things And don't be afraid of what people would think because, again, your story is not about your world building. Your world building just provides context for your story. Now, what about Zootopia, the 2016 animated film made by Disney Animation? Well, if you look closely, you will find you will definitely see the strings of inspiration clasped around Zootopia tied to tailspin and I'm surprised myself that I didn't realize this sooner there's actually fan pages talking about this stuff for years when I first watched Zootopia I loved the movie but I didn't immediately think of tailspin because I had been so far removed from my childhood it wasn't until I got Disney plus and I started watching the show again that that's when I started to realize hey this is Zootopia this is the foundation And I thought that Zootopia was something very new, very fresh to the Disney uh, movie lineup. But again, nothing is really new under the sun. I think a lot of ideas from Zootopia were taken from Tailspin and just modernized. And we'll get into some of the similarities very soon. The prologue in Zootopia explains that for thousands of years, the world was split in two. Remember, that was that little prologue where that's where we get introduction to Judy Hopps. Uh, as a little kid bunny, and she kind of tells the story of what happened and how we got to Zootopia. And I think this is great. It was a great primer for people, and it's one of those methods of telling a story uh, maybe not in the traditional sense, but because you use in the context of a play and we learn about the character's motivations and personality through the same scene, it was a great piece of writing in the screenplay. So the world was split in two, Prey versus Predator, and then they evolved. In Tailspin, Cape Suzette is like a precursor in my opinion to Zootopia. But in Tailspin, there are still animals who are animals while the other animals talk and live in a somewhat peaceful society. In fact, you see this very often. There are plenty of episodes that show animals that are still wild, where Zootopia kind of only hung out with animals that were not wild, not savage. And if you were savage, you were deemed a threat to society. In Cape Suzette and Tailspin era, which in my opinion, if you say that Zootopia is Cape Suzette in 2016, and then you say that Cape Suzette is in the 30s, that kind of makes sense. That over time, they really pushed away the savage animals and maybe even banned the idea that you could have an animal that had not evolved as a pet. So there were actually like pets, like the furries had. There was an episode where furries were involved. And then there's like an episode where Wildcat is giving food to stray dogs and cats and birds and stuff like that. And they couldn't talk. They couldn't speak. And they clearly weren't even babies of other talking animals. So they had that concept. And you could easily see them pushing them out and saying, we don't want any savagery. And we don't want anyone taking animals as pets because we are technically those animals animals now it makes me think of the human influences one thing i will say is that there is a reference to a human in the show uh molly's doll is a doll of a human girl which it does not look like any animal that you see in the show so where did molly get that doll is this like planet of the apes where the animals took over years and years after the humans uh, exterminated themselves maybe by a nuclear war But the animals survived and rebuilt the planet in the shape of their own kind. It could be the way it is but it's very, very interesting. I first thought that Cape Zuzet was a different location than Zootopia, but it could very well be that Zootopia is a future Cape Zuzet. Now here are the similarities that I wanna break down for you. Number one, both Zootopia and Cape Zuzet offer a free capitalistic market. This is not Zembria, and we have plenty of examples of countries that operate differently than Cape Zuzet. In the Tailspin series, there's Zembria and Palooza and a few other countries that have either nobility or other types of government. And Cape Suzette is standalone for the most part, that they're free market trade. Now, again, there could be other countries that I missed, but the main free market trade American lifestyle type of country that we saw the most of, where prey and predator would hang out and it was fine and it was peaceful, was Cape Suzette. Number two, both have as their head leader a mayor now that might not be a big deal but Zootopia acts like a city-state just like Cape Suzette and the highest leader is the, uh, a mayor at the beginning Mayor Lionheart and in this tailspin, spin I don't I don't remember the name of the mayor because it didn't appear much in the episodes it was really to be honest the most powerful person was Shere Khan it would be really cool to see a crossover of that in the future but we can get into that later Number three, both featured a united prey and predator police force, and that was very true in Tailspin and, as you definitely see, in Zootopia. Number four, both featured a landscape that is open to water so that there can be travel by sea, and that's very distinct. Another great way to build out the world without having to explain the story behind it is to show the big bird's-eye helicopter view of Zootopia as Judy Hops is in the train making her way from Burrow Burrowville (laughs) into Zootopia, and we see that great shot showing the different sections of Zootopia. I will say that someone might be able to point out that Cape Suzette does not have the same type of sections that Zootopia does, but again, I'm thinking that Zootopia is 80 or 80 years or so uh, in the future of Cape Suzette, and that's where they started to expand and build out more of these uh, landscapes to support different habitats for animals throughout the city but it's still one whole city so what does this mean it means that over the last like i said 80 or so years cape suzette changed its name to zootopia and upgraded their technology and that the two intellectual properties are really in the same world disney and a lot of studios like fox uh, warner brothers and other studios are very interested in having well, Fox not as much anymore because they got bought out by Disney. But Walt well, Warner Brothers and Disney are very interested in having their own cinematic universes. Cinematic universes are just films that have characters that you that tie into other movies, but they're not traditional sequels. But they do all live in the same uh, creative world. And so the biggest example that we saw in the past ten years was the marvel cinematic universe and other studios are trying to push up their own cinematic universes star wars was very you know instrumental in making this very popular back in the day and now with disney at the helm we're trying to see a reserve a resurgence of that for star wars in its popularity with fans and with making a lots of money now Disney also has another cinematic universe out there that doesn't get a lot of attention, but Pirates of the Caribbean is another cinematic universe that Disney has. It would seem that Disney is fond of this model because it makes it easy to have sequels without them feeling like sequels and you can still reuse characters and environments and rules, creative rules for the story, with again, not having to make a new IP. I think Zootopia was a very well done movie. It deserved all the awards and accolades it got and all the money that it made. It would be a total waste in my opinion, especially now that Jennifer Lee, who sat on the story trust story creative team on Zootopia to help guide it story wise when it was having trouble Uh, It would be a waste if Jennifer Lee, now that she's the creative director, looking at all the different IPs and didn't try to push a sequel for Zootopia. But my opinion as a storyteller is that they have to have something reasonable of a story to feel that they have something to share that's still new for the fans. So that fans don't feel like they're being duped and just getting a sequel just to rake in some dough. So how do they do that? Well, they would have to, in my opinion, expand the world, tell stories that still connect people to Zootopia, but have other locations in that world. And so using the foundation that Tailspin has, 65 episodes of legit storytelling with real characters that people love and are nostalgic for, why not bring Baloo the Bear? Why not bring Ashir Khan? The the implications for this are amazingly creative. I would love a Zootopia 2 with a Tailspin crossover here are a couple of ideas i'm going to add my newest idea because i actually had two written down but i want to add my newest idea first so i don't forget it so my newest idea is that if you have shere khan and his shere khan industries i think that's the name of his company and he made all this money if it's 80 years removed he may not be alive but disney's always good about making the timeline kind of funky you could always make it seem that shere khan is still alive but really old but still kind of strong enough and fearful enough to make people fear him. That would be great too for all the Jungle Book fans to see Shere Khan suited and booted and still ruling the business empire in Zootopia. Maybe having a protege Or a nephew or a son of some kind or a daughter an heir to take over the Empire who may not be as kind as her uncle or or father was and then Baloo the Bear teamed up with Judy Hopps and Nick Wilde can come in and save the day now here are my other two story ideas Disney could do a story where Zembria calls for war against Cape Suzette and Zootopia is scrambling for pilots and Baloo the Bear shows up to help again you get really cool aerial shots, things that fly and go boom, boom are great from a visual standpoint. And you could have a great time selling Baloo the Bear to nostalgic fans like myself to get young adults and and adults who don't have kids in the seats because of course Zootopia 2 will always draw the families with kids in the seats and here's my last story idea they could also do a story where a famous navigator's plane was lost in the vast desert somewhere with a rare artifact that would save Zootopia from a devastating typhoon and we find out that it was Kit Cloud Kickers playing all along. That would be great. You tie it back into Tailspin and you can push for more ideas later on. You can even tie it in that Blue hasn't seen Kit in years and loves the kid and hopes to see little Britches again. And then they find Kit somewhere as well at the end of the movie, and he's still alive. So the biggest plus to this being true, if this is all true, that Zootopia is in the same world as Tailspin is that the world is bigger and you want that to be true if you're a storyteller and you've already told one good story you need to find new opportunities for stories and the way you do that is making the world bigger you have more opportunities to tell more stories and then connect them all in multiple movies and you could do even an avengers level event with characters from multiple franchises in this world and that would be epic I think Byron Howard and Rich Moore who were the co-directors for Zootopia should pitch these ideas immediately to Jennifer Lee and get this green lit. And that's what I wanted to say. Tell me in the comments or tell me in subscriber notes or messages or DMs what you think about this. I'm really, really excited because this is something fresh. Zootopia was, even though it was copied off of in my opinion copied off a tailspin it felt fresh and new and it was a great way to introduce anthropomorphic characters back into the main uh theatrical um audience in in the world and now that you have these characters firmly planted in our minds you need to do something very big with them to keep us thinking about them i would not want zootopia just to be a one-off film Anyways, if you have your own thoughts or want your own take to be featured on the podcast, you can definitely let us know because that would be a lot of fun. On next week's episode, michelle and i will be interviewing my friend megan megan is the associate director for the artist partner programs at the clarice smith performing arts center in maryland i'm super excited to bring this interview to you next week and michelle will also be on the podcast so that's going to be a lot of fun so please subscribe to the podcast so you can get that episode nice and early next week And if you have any projects you're working on, please let us know by posting on social media with hashtag Musty Creative and we will share it and possibly you on the show. We want to thank our monthly supporters for helping us make this episode of the Musty Creative Podcast. With your support, we will be able to create better shows for you, interview more guests and buy better equipment. You can support us at anchor.fm slash musty and click on the support button. And that's all the time we have for. I know it's a lot shorter, but I didn't want to give you a crazy dump load of information. And to be honest, you could have gotten an hour and a half show, but I scaled it back so you can just get a smaller chunk. If you want more and you like my analysis on these type of topics, hey, let me know what you want us to talk about next. Remember to leave us a review on iTunes and find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and anchor.fm slash musty and our website mustycreative.com where there is a link for the merch store. And now it's time to shower up. them a satisfaction they couldn't get any other way.